You're listening to Misunderstood Podcast, where we're setting the record straight on all things misunderstood. I'm your host, Kelly Hall, pageant runner-up, model, speaker, entrepreneur, pageant queen, and U.S. Navy lieutenant. I may have never won a Miss USA title, but I am the queen of being misunderstood. Welcome to the show, guys. All right, everyone, welcome back. It's season two. Woohoo! And we've got Brant Bender here. Hey, Brant, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm amazing. And I'm so excited to have you on the podcast again because things are a little bit different this season because last season I had you on as my mentor. We talked about business, how to get started, what to do, what not to do. This season, I am a blossoming bride-to-be. Yay! (laughs) Snaps for me. Snaps for me. And you were, of course, I think the first person, second person I called after I got engaged. And you are our official photographer for the wedding. Can you believe that? I know. I can believe it because I always knew I was going to book you as my photographer. But (laughs) so I'm not shocked. Um, Other people are probably like, wait, what? Like you didn't choose me? (laughs) I feel bad. But yeah, so it feels different now. Like recording this episode, recording this whole season because I'm a bride-to-be, like everything has a little bit of a different angle. But as we were talking about before the show started, I have been telling everyone, like, they're like, oh, like, why Brant Bender? And number one, I trained under you, essentially. Like, I learned everything from you, and I trust myself. So, like, why would I not trust you? (laughs) So, you know, I, you know, I watched you. I mean, we worked a dozen weddings together. I was your second shooter. I got to see you in action countless times, which a lot of people don't have that experience. No one has that experience with their photographer. You know, you just see them online. And the most amazing bat mitzvah ever. Yeah, the most amazing bat <laughs> We shot a bat mitzvah together in San Diego. That was like literally insane. I can't like, it's like if the prince had a bat mitzvah. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, their candy bar was like bigger than my living room. <laughs> I still remember that to this day. But yeah, trust was huge for me. Number one, I trusted you because you're so organized, which is exactly what we're getting into today. I think all brides should understand, number one, why their photographer needs to be organized. And that's something that they should look for in a photographer. Number two, why they need to be organized, why that is very, very important. But number three, just trusting you and knowing you you're always like 10 steps ahead. And I've watched you, I've seen that. And that is already a stress relief for me because I'm so OCD. So I'm not going to be like, Brand, did you get that? Brand, did you get that? Brand, like, are you going to be there? Like, I know I'm going to look down the aisle and I'm going to see your little face and you're going to be like popping out of the, the <laughs> chair and you're going to be like, snap, snap, snap. So. That's right. I'll be the left and I'll be to the right. <laughs> yep, exactly. Right there. Right where I need you. So the trust is huge. It's absolutely vital for a photographer. And then the second thing, which I was going to tell you before, um, another thing I describe you as to other people, I'm like, Brant's the kind of photographer where if in the middle of the day, you know, the whole state of Ohio 
burst into flames and they got hit by hail. And then there was a thousand fireworks. You would still know how to capture it. Like you would know what to do in every scenario. So I was like, I, ha- I have to have you. Cause they're going to be like, I'm not going to be like, oh man, it's a little dark in here. It's like, who knows how these photos will come out. You'll be like, I gotta, you know, I got a way to fix that. No worries. So bottom line, trust, trust an organization. I know you're talented and you're artistic and you have all the qualifications, which a lot of photographers are those things. They're talented and they're artistic, but people forget about the organization and skill needed to actually run the day. And with a good personality and a comforting, calming personality at the same time. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy you brought that up because I actually had a couple of people offer to shoot the wedding for free, which is incredible. But I didn't like their personality so much that I didn't book them. People might message me and be like, you're stupid, Kelly. But I'm serious. Like, it's supposed to be the best day of your life. And I was like, that person's going to follow me around for 10 hours why would I want someone who I don't like? <laughs> yes. You know, like I'm, you're going to want someone that you actually enjoy being around. So yes, personality is huge. Totally agree. And it, it's hard to describe that to people before they've really met me. So that's hard to get across. Uh, the, you do the best you can on your website and social media to show the personality, but what is it truly when you, when you get down to it? And I always tell people I'm the same person from the beginning. I am till the end other than during the family formal time, because that's when we really have to step up and take charge of what's going on. I love that part. You're so bossy, which I need, which actually every family needs that. I mean, give me a bride who doesn't need that. You know, like we're trying to wrangle a family. Like you need a person who's neutral to be like, stepmom, brother, uncle, you get out, you come in, you get out, you, five of you, you know, like you need someone to just kind of like boss everyone around because Anyways, we're going to dive into the wedding timeline. That's what we're here to talk about today. And every bride-to-be needs to hear this. Actually, I would say bride-to-be. I'm going to extend that. Bride-to-be, hopefully the groom, but we all know grooms live in their own world. So probably not. Lord knows Austin has no idea. Does Austin even know we're getting married? Like, I don't even know at this point. (laughs) Hopefully he shows up on the wedding. I don't think he's actually booked one thing this entire process. Hopefully he's not listening to the podcast. <laughs> um, he's done absolutely nothing. That's fine. Love him to death. That's not why I'm marrying him. But next I'd say even the mother of the bride for the moms who are engaged. Like my mom's very engaged. She would want to know. She wants to know what's going on. And I'd also say the maid of honor because the maid of honor really should be your right hand. That's what. That's why you have them. You know, it's a, just a formality. Like, my sweet maid of honor, Jackie Barnum, and my matron of honor is my sister. And that's right. I photographed her before too. So that is even a comfort level there as well. Exactly. She knows who you are. Both my matron and maid of honor have or ha- had been in the military or in the military. So they're very like to the point. <laughs> but Jackie, like she has her lists and she's very organized. And she's that's, that's why I'm not hiring a wedding planner because I know she'll be like, all right, guys, like, let's keep moving. Can I bring up a quick point here really, really, really quickly? You can speak as much as you want. Here you oh, go. I can? Okay. It's interesting because you, all these people you just mentioned take care of you all the way up for everything, you know, your bridal shower, your everything, the day of. And then when I show up as a photographer, I kind of now take control because now I have to keep us on the timeline. So having those people comfortable with that is a huge key because like all of a sudden, like 
who's this guy who just walked in there and now who's kind of guiding us and what to do? I'm nice about it, but it's an interesting transition as I come in, as things now really start to move. And I think my couples kind of realize that when the photographer shows up, it's like, oh my gosh, this is getting real because he's here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So that's a, that's a huge point. And what I've learned over the years is that it's a, it's a great transition and being organized makes that happen. Cause I can come in and say, this is kind of what we're doing. This is what we talked about and I've got it. And a lot of people don't. So whenever I branched off from you and I moved to Columbus, I had to kind of, you know, do things my own. Unfortunately, I had to stop second shooting for you. Yeah. That was a bummer. We would have ruled the San Diego photo rule. <laughs> I'd say the number one thing I took away truly was setting this timeline. And I'd sit down with clients really early on and they thought, you know, they'd book me and then we'd have an engagement shoot. And really that was it. But I would make sure I sat down with them and I, over a coffee, I'd pick a coffee shop and I'd talk to them about the timeline. And at the end of every single meeting, first of all, they got to know me ahead of time. But second, they were kind of blown. Like the groom's face was always so comical because they were like, wait, whoa, like there's a lot that goes into this. I was like, you need to be here. You need to be this. You need to be planning for that. And like, I'm like, don't worry, I will be there. Like, it's my job to keep you on schedule. But they just, they haven't done it before. Like most people, this is their first wedding. So they don't realize like all the intricacies. So Brian, I, I want to give you the floor because you're the mastermind behind the timeline. This is probably like your bread and butter. And again, what I think most brides-to-be need to hear. And it's important that it comes from your photographer. <laughs> I don't think, right. again, a lot of people, one misunderstanding I'll say, is they don't realize your photographer and photos drive a lot of the timeline. They definitely do. There's no doubt about that. People do not, like, they don't realize that. Like, you hired this amazing photographer and you do these amazing things and you have this amazing dress and you have this gorgeous venue. When are you actually taking photos? And when are you actually taking time to take photos? And people forget that. They just plan the wedding and they don't plan around the photos and plan and incorporate all of that. So, so kind of walk us through what a typical, say typical, typical wedding would look like and what bride should expect. Of course. You know, a lot of times when people contact me, kind of the misunderstood part is how many hours are needed. Oftentimes I get the call. It's like, I think I just need you for like four hours. I mean, I just need you for the ceremony and some of the reception and some pictures of, of us together after the ceremony is over. Then I start asking questions and that's where a lot of it comes from, right? So we want to find out what the client really wants. Do you want getting ready photos? What, how do you want them from no makeup? Or are you more comfortable? It's like you're pretty much almost done and then you're going to get on your dress, right? And then to the reception, at the end of the night, are you leaving in a like a beautiful car that you want to have photographed? Or I, I don't even think you're allowed to do them in San Diego anymore, but like a, like a bubble exit or a, a sparkler exit of some sort, you know? So what is, what is in between there that then drives that, that timeline? So with that said, I thought I would put together a typical timeline and I kind of put some guidelines in there. And this is for one location. I also made it with a first look. We could probably make an entire podcast about a first look and the pros and cons of a first look, right? Ooh, <laughs> and this is also with two photographers. So I kind of came up with a timeline that has a four o'clock ceremony. So oftentimes the first question is, how long is the ceremony? And then they'll usually say 10, 15 minutes, super short. So that's actually a half hour because 
by the time the music starts, getting everybody together, everybody coming down the aisle, then the ceremony and everybody walking back out, that's what? That's 30 minutes. So I, I can't put 4 to 4.15 a ceremony. So it's 4 to 4.30. So then we have our usual cocktail time, right? So there's the hour that we have there. And I always start in the middle of the day putting a timeline together. So that's why I start with the ceremony. So then I start with ceremony and then I work my way down and then I work my way back up. First tip, timeline starts or is built around your ceremony. That is correct. And by the way, if we're getting really crazy, does that mean that you're doing that for sunset? I have no idea. So these are questions we have to find out, right? Are you planning a sunset or do we sneak out for photos for sunset? You know, again, all, all visions of what you'd like to have, you know, it also depends on what time of the year you're doing that, right? Because if it's in the winter, you may not have that at all, right? So then we have the cocktail time. And then during that time, we need to do family pictures, wedding party pictures, and also some bride and groom photos, right? So knowing that, now I'm going to jump back to just before the ceremony as I work my way backwards. One other thing that's misunderstood is I need to be done with the couple 30 minutes prior to the ceremony. So that way you can freshen up so you look great for your ceremony. So that I would say that's probably the biggest tip for, for the bride because now you're going to go walk down that aisle. So now you're fresh and ready to go. That gives me time to get ceremony details that I need to capture because I'm trying to tell the story. I can get guest candid images. And then also I need to get myself prepped and ready to go for the ceremony too. And so me and the second photographer are doing that at the same time. Then prior to that, so we know we have a first look, right? And we know we need bridal prep and groom prep, right? Don't we need pictures of the groom? Also's going to want pictures of them, right? So now we need to jump back almost two hours. It takes me about an hour and a half to do bridal getting ready. This is all at the same location. So the ceremony happens 4 to 4.30. And then, like you said, you leave the bride alone a half hour before the ceremony. And that's so they can freshen up and have a moment. And then you can go get details, which that in itself, like I think people forget, oh, by the way, got to get details. Like got to get shots of the room and got to get shots of all those little things you ordered off Amazon and Etsy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Absolutely had to have them. Trust me, I know. Like, click add to cart for everything these days. So, leading into that, like, are we are we factoring in transport time? Are we still talking about? Okay, so do we start from? Are you starting from the time they start getting ready? Or are you still backtracking from the ceremony? I'm still backtracking here. It basically the only variable if there is travel is just how much time that is. So if it takes a half hour, but that's interesting too because if like how many, how many bridesmaids and groomsmen, how many in the wedding party do you have that you have to get from the hotel, get all your stuff, get everybody over to the car or a bus or party bus or whatever you have to that. That takes a long time, by the way. And the more people there are, the longer it takes. And then getting them off of, out of that and then into the ceremony location. So that would be a variable that we would add in if you had travel. So oftentimes, it's usually about a half hour, maybe 40 minutes to do that. I then plan, so the hour and a half for the prep for the bride, about 45 minutes for the groom, so it's usually a little bit quicker. And that's, again, the beauty of a second photographer. I don't have to jump back and forth. If I want to, I can. If I want to go do that and capture a few other things, I will. But 
And then that also allows us to plan for the first look. So that's the, the part after the prep for both. And now we can coordinate that. The great part, again, about a first look is I try to make that a special, special moment between the two of you. Nobody else around. You can actually, in my opinion, really let those emotions and feelings and your face see it and love it and just really embrace it. And if the groom is smart, he brings a little gift. But that's just a tip. (laughs) (laughs) I'll make awesome lesson. And then from there, I can do some nice bride and groom stuff for about maybe 20, 30 minutes, a couple different locations that we can pick. So we kind of lead into that. And so I would give that about a half hour. Then we would have another 30 minutes for then doing wedding party photos. Let's get those knocked out of the way. Let's get those checked off the list. So after the ceremony, we don't have as many. So what I love to do is I want a picture of, since I'm talking to you and you're my bride. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds funny. You're my bride. Picture of you with each bridesmaid. I want a picture of you with all the girls and same thing. Let's, let's have a good time with that. If we can find a spot or two and do some fun stuff, I am all for it. And then so same thing goes true for Austin. I want him with each groomsman and then them as a group. And then we bring all of you together and then again, do some more fun stuff, not just standing there smiling for the camera. I do capture that. And that's always where I start, but I, I kind of branch out quickly from there. You always kind of taught me like get the traditional stuff out of the way. And that's kind of always like, you know, in my brain first, like traditional, 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 because sometimes that's what everyone likes. Like that's what ends up being on the Christmas card. And that's what ends up being on the frame. Cause we as photographers like immediately go to Pinterest and we're like, Ooh, I want this like dark and gloomy or this light and airy and the veil over them. And like, you kind of just take it high and right. Cause it's super artsy. But at the end of the day, like mom really just loved them standing there with her bouquet, like looking forward, you know? So just a beautiful, nice smile and a nice portrait. Totally. Exactly. So I always do just like you taught me, like traditional, 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 boom, 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 boom. That takes zero creativity, <laughs> you know, um, just make sure settings are right. But, and then you have time to do the fun stuff, which I feel like everyone always loves. Like that's what ends up in the photo albums and everything. And I'll, I'm going to jump back here to the second photographer, how important they are. They are the ones who can then get the artistic stuff. So oftentimes, I think kind of as maybe as I further my career, I would love to just be the second photographer, right? Because you you can be as artistic as you want. You're just giving me use a different lens than what I'm using, different angles. Give me all of that because you know, and that's what I do with you, is that's what blends a great book together between the, I guess, the formal thing, if you want to call it that, versus the artistic stuff. So that's why I always try to tell people, I I give you a blend of, of all of it because having that team around me enables me to do that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I absolutely love that. I definitely recommend a second shooter, 100%. I mean, there's just so many, and knowing what I know now, like from the photographer side, I mean, you're as a main photographer, your camera could break. Like there's so many things that you, boom, you have a second photographer and then they can go get more content. They can, at any given time, like you just have them as a right hand. Like you said, it's, kind of extends the creativity a little bit. And they, when you're doing my bridal portraits, they can be with the groomsmen and the groomsmen are getting ready. And that's going to be fun for me to see because everybody wants to be with the bride, obviously, because 
we're beautiful. But, you know, I'm actually like excited after the fact to see photos and video of like Austin with his friends and, you know, how they get ready and what he looks like and what they do, you know, God willing, it's not bad, but all of that fun stuff. So, okay. So, so far I have, I'm going to just do a recap sequentially and then we can dive back in. So we have prep and then we have that rolling into first look and that rolling into bride and groom portraits, that rolling into wedding party photos, that rolls into travel time, however much time it takes to get to the location, that rolls into ceremony. And then after that, we have the cocktail hour and extra bride and groom photos and family portraits. So this is the great part about... I didn't want to make this a first look uh, podcast, but that allows us now to do family photos because sometimes they can take, depending on how many you have, 30 to 40 minutes, sometimes 45, maybe longer. I don't know. And also, by the way, I send you a questionnaire that I have you fill out and then I have a list. The great part about the list, just what we talked about, you're organized. What's interesting about the list is if if I get someone who comes up to me, because I get often tips times like, hey, I don't need so-and-so coming up to me to bother me for photos. You know, she's going to want a bunch or whoever wants a bunch of them. And I can say, I got to get through this list. As soon as I get through the list, if we can get through that on time, I'd be more than happy to take whatever photo. Super smart. Yeah. Yes. So that's where that comes in. I'm just checking it off as I go. Oftentimes, if if somebody from the wedding party would like to assist me because they know the family, they can start calling out because they can start pointing to people like, hey, I need you and you, Aunt Susie, I need you over here. Then, then they can help me with that, which is always a tremendous help rather than me just kind of going back and forth. And they can even do, you know, who's on, who's next and so-and-so be prepared because you're coming up. So all these things help kind of speed this all up. So then if we can get those, those as quickly as possible, now what are you left with? More bride and groom photos. And what do the couple want? And what does the photographer want? Bride and groom photos. <laughs> yeah. The pretty stuff. Pretty stuff. The fun stuff. The fun stuff, the fun stuff. So, okay, let's backtrack to the beginning, to the prep. When you started talking about prep, I think this is very misunderstood about realistically the time that it takes. So if we have a four o'clock ceremony time and you do all of this backtracking to when the bride actually needs to be ready and when she actually needs to be in her gown. Let's talk about that because people are blown away when I tell them, they're like, oh, a four o'clock wedding, like I need to be dressed by two, right? And I'm like, not totally. Like, yeah, I'm like, nah. Let's talk a little bit about the prep, what to expect, what you recommend to your brides. First things first, and I'm so glad we have this opportunity to talk about it, hair and makeup. I guess we're trying to tread lightly here on verbiage that I use, but generally if things are running behind, it's from hair and makeup. It's not necessarily the fault there. It's just what happens, how much time per person, you know, if each bridesmaid is getting their hair and makeup done, that can take 30 to 45 minutes per person per session, right? So if you've got four or five people, you need a few hours in there. And then, so you need to find out your makeup person, is there a team of one or only by one, or is there a team of two, three, what works best in your schedule to make sure that is done in a timely manner. The other thing I always like to tell my brides is you are the most important that day. Other days you can say, Hey, you know what? Just go, you go first. No, 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 no. (laughs) 
I need you first because your first look is going to come. But like, even if they're not done, they can keep going while I do your first look. So hugely important to find out, do that trial run with your hair and makeup so you know how long that will take. And you factor in all the others that need to have it done. And now you've got your timeline because all that is done generally by the time I show up or close to, by the time I show up to you, you're pretty close to being done with your hair and makeup because I want the finishing touches. That's what I'm looking for. Although some brides want to do, you know, kind of an all day thing and getting all your hair and makeup done, which I'm happy to do. But a lot of my clients are not looking for all that. So when I get there, I want to get a picture of your dress before you put it on. I want shoes. I want details. If you can have another tip, by the way, if you can have those details ready for me, oftentimes they're just like a little bridal box of some sort. I'm looking for shoes. I'm looking for necklaces. I'm looking for earrings. I'm looking for garter. I'm looking for a bouquet. I'm looking for a special locket. Save the date. All these things, because that's pretty much, other than me saying hello, that's going to be my first question. Where's your dress and where are your details? Because, and I'm going to get started on those because now as you're, I'm getting started on those. And again, the second photographer is capturing some other candid images as well. So that is great to have. And you say, oh my gosh, here are all the things you needed. Like, great. I will photograph those. So that helps speed up the time as well. Two things to keep in mind, hair and makeup, how long it takes, make sure the bride is done no matter what. Details, have those collected and ready for you when you arrive. So let's talk about timeline of when people need to be dressed and ready for you, how they should be dressed. Like, you know, what I would recommend is like, are you going to be in little robes? Are you going to be in matching clothes? Or are you going to be in your dresses? Be dressed and ready of those and be ready for that because sometimes I'll arrive and everyone's in jammies and I'm like, oh, are we doing robes? And they're like, oh, we need to steam them. And I'm like, all right, well, let's get moving. Like, you know, or they all want to be in their dresses. So walk me through what you tell with the four o'clock start time, like what you tell your brides, like, okay, I'm arriving blank time and everything that follows. If we're throwing travel time in there, as you mentioned, kind of in your timeline, I would probably bring that back to probably about 1230 that I would show up to start getting those details and things like that. One thing I want to jump in here, you mentioned for your wedding party team Yeah, you do need to let your photographer know, are we doing a robe photo? What is it that you're going to have? Is it jammies or robes? Because what's important about that is when I get you into your dress, I want the bridesmaids in their dresses too. I don't want them in jammies and not dressed. It looks so much better if they're all dressed, looking beautiful, helping you get in, you know? So that's a big key for me as well. But, you know, the great part is if we streamline all this, and you're dressed and ready to go, you know what also that leads to? Let's go do some bridal portraits. Let's go take more of those and we don't have to kind of wait around. The other thing I often get too is, you know, are we doing a champagne toast of some sort? I see that often. So you got to get the glasses out, doing all that. I'm trying to help. We're trying to clean the room. That's also another big thing, right? Oh yeah. Clean up the room for arrival. (laughs) So often, well, it's usually, yeah, kind of when I get there, we discuss kind of where I'm going to photograph you getting into your dress. I'm looking for window light, something like that. Just a nice soft light that I can get you photographed in there. Cause I want the zip up or tie up of the dress. I want you putting on your earrings, you know, the necklace, um, your mom's helping you with your necklace, something like that. Those are the special moments that I really want to try to capture before the getting ready. So, but yeah, if we're done, then let's go start taking portraits and let's, uh, start, start getting to the fun part of it. I love that. I definitely think people need to keep in mind with the bridal prep, the 
like you said, cleaning up the room before you arrive, making sure it looks presentable because obviously the, it's going to show up in photos, being dressed and ready, making sure bridesmaids look the way that the bride wants them to. If they're in the robes or in the matching robes, you kind of take care of those specific pictures, communicate with the photographer, in this case, you. You know, I think for me, I'd love to have a group photo in the robes of the getting ready of the champagne toast. For me, it may not be champagne. It'll probably be Irish coffees or whatever. Right, yeah, something that, that does you, right? Exactly. Once that picture happens, then I say to all the girls, go get dressed because they're all makeup and hair. So we can do that robe photo and then go get dressed because as soon as you're dressed, we're going to get Kelly in her dress to go see Austin for the first time. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so I have a twelve thirty start time for you. That's when you're arriving. That's when the bride should be hair and makeup ready. She should be in her robe, ready to put the dress on, um, but not yet. But bridesmaids should be prepped and ready, about to put their dresses on. And then, like you said, you show up, you put the details on. Because you're also going to get photos of the bride getting her makeup on, that sort of thing. Awesome. And so then that rolls into, so if it's 1230, what time would you say would be the first look-ish? If we're doing the travel time, then that goes at 2 o'clock. So 2 p.m., first look, bride and groom stuff, wedding stuff, and then, like you said, the transportation. But what time would everyone kind of, if it has a 4 p.m. ceremony, what time would everyone kind of start traveling over to the ceremony? Always just kind of discuss that as how far that is from the place. But, you know, again, trying to get people to move. I, I usually try to put in a half hour. And the other thing you're trying to do just in little increments is add in little buffer times. I mean, it's such a huge tip to do. Obviously, you're not trying to take advantage, but things happen of someone's not done or we're just not quite ready yet. We need an extra minute. Sometimes brides just need an extra minute <laughs> because it's, it's emotional. I think what you're without sort of, with just thinking about it without being there, you you don't realize how emotional it is until you're in the moment. So me as a photographer, I totally understand what the bride's going through and try to just really, you know, don't, so you don't want to rush it at the same time too. So, but there are certain times like, all right, we got to go. <laughs> you can have your moment later. We'll go now. <laughs> I did have that one time um, where things were so late and the family was so sweet, but the the ceremony was at sunset and I kept, I was like being really generous the entire day. And I was like, yeah, I'll help you with the, the florals or whatever you need. Like, great, cool. Have a moment. But then I was like, look, I can't tell the sun not to set. So like, we got to go, <laughs> you know, and unfortunately it cut it. Like we did the ceremony at sunset and it was peak sunset and golden hour, but tremendously cut into those writing room portraits. And, you know, afterward we had 15 minutes of, and groom portraits. I mean, I barely got anything with them because I had no time. So my favorite is I'm just sitting there watching the sun go down and the officiant's still talking. I'm like, I'm not going to get it. The good news for me, shameless plug, is <laughs> that it'll be April and sunset will probably be like six or seven and all of it will be over by then. Our ceremony is at like two o'clock. So there you go. No worries. That's why you did it that way. I know. If we can slip out for sunset, cool. If not, it probably won't happen because we'll be knee deep in ceremony or reception by then. Okay. So speaking of the reception, let's get into that. We talked about 
I'll do another quick recap. So we've got the 1230, you're arriving, bridal prep, um, hair and makeup mostly done. We're shooting details. Rolling into the 2 p.m., first look is recommended. We're doing bread and groom stuff, wedding party photos, knocking out all of that before the ceremony even starts. Then we have transportation over to the venue around 3-ish for um, that half hour of buffer time before the ceremony. So that way the photographer has time to shoot details where the ceremony space is untouched. You can get it originally. People start arriving. You can get photos of people arriving. And then also the bride has a couple of minutes to herself before the ceremony begins. We have a 4 to 4.30 ceremony. And then right after that, we roll into cocktail hour. It's typically when the second shooter will shoot cocktail hour. And you'll get more photos of the bride and groom. And also right after the ceremony, like Right after, right after the I do, we typically pull the family. We tell all friends and family to stay behind. You get the family portraits. Okay? That's where that list comes in. Yep. Exactly. So you have the list. You have all the required photos of everyone there at the altar who wants a photo with the bride and groom. So let's talk reception. Let's get into, you know, now the they've taken their bridal, their portraits. Cocktail hour is ending. What does the timeline look from there? Generally, in that sense, so let's say cocktail hours over at 530, you will probably be announced about 545, takes about 15 minutes, you got everybody lined up, if you're talking to the band, or you have your DJ who's going to MC this whole thing, and get you all. So now you can do either, you know, is your entire bridal party announced, or is it just maybe the two of you? And then I, what I think is best, what I think is most fun is when you come in, just go right into your bride and groom first dance. I think that's kind of a classy thing to do. And then you're going to sit down for dinner. So dinner would probably be about six o'clock. So you said 545 announced. So you're announced in a bridal party announced? Yes, we'll probably go into the room probably about 515-ish. So they kind of open the doors. And and by the way, I'm, I need to try and get details of the room. So I got to throw those in there too. <laughs> Somehow, either between the second photographer or me. Awesome. So bridal party has a moment to themselves at 5.15-ish, get a little half hour, maybe get a couple drinks. And then you get detail shots of the reception. And then you said 5.45, bridal party gets announced. And then you roll straight into the first dance. You can do it many different ways. That's the way I think is kind of a classy. It kind of sets the stage for the evening, I feel. But you can just walk right in and sit down and start toast if you want. I mean, there's sort of, that's sort of your your desire for what you want your wedding to be. And then dinner for, I'm guessing for, you know, for 100, 120 people-ish, probably take about an hour. And as we're nearing that end of that hour is a good time to do the toast. A couple of tips here. I think I'm jumping ahead just because it's so important. Do, do me a favor. No open mic to the crowd. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. That sounds like a disaster and a half waiting to happen. Uncle Tom over here has seven shots of tequila on his system. All of a sudden, I'm his favorite niece. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He'd like to say a few words. So if you can limit that to 15 minutes, I guess it depends on how many people you have uh, rolling up there to to give your best of speeches, made of speeches, then that's usually a good amount of time without losing the entire crowd. And then you know, our mom and or dad saying something, something considerate in there. And sometimes the bride and groom do a thank you in there. So that's however you want to do that. And a dinner, toast, and then kind of what happens as you roll into the reception after toast? A great transition for that is doing the family dances. Are you doing a mother-son? Are you okay. doing a 
father, daughter? Are you doing a grandfather? Are you doing a brother? There's so many great variations you can do to what's great is that kind of gets you out there. And then once that dance is over, then the band or DJ will say, all right, let's start partying. Let's, let's start dancing. Love that. What's funny, we talk about all this, and then you finally get to the party part. (laughs) It's kind of crazy how many formalities there are. And I think, again, that's why the timeline is so important, because you tend to forget, and you pay for this amazing reception, and you pay for a DJ, and you pay for all of these things. And it kind of stinks because you pay for the DJ hourly, but for about an hour, you're eating dinner. You know, you're not even using the DJ. So... You know, it's kind of like, you want to get rolling there soon, you know, <laughs> like as soon as you can, that would be nice. But yeah, you want to open the floor to, to party. I definitely want to have those moments, you know, with my family and with my dad and that stuff. But everyone wants to get on the dance floor and have a good time. So generally then after that, uh, you open dancing for about 45 minutes to an hour, maybe. And then you're going to go have them make an announcement to cut the cake. So that would probably be about 8.30 in our timeline that we're our mock timeline that we're doing cake cutting. And then from there, we're going to go back. If you're doing any sort of the, at least, at least they used to be traditional. I don't know, you know, you're doing garter and bouquet. My favorite is the anniversary dance where you bring all the married couples on the dance floor and then get rid of the couple that's been married the short amount of time. It's always just super cute. And then giving your bouquet to the longest married couple, which you usually know who that is. Oftentimes it's a, it's a set of grandparents that have been married 50 years and you give your bouquet to that couple. I would just find it a sweet moment to share. And that it kind of, again, kind of gets people back then on the dance floor because we're trying to help the DJ out too so they can go party. And then a lot of some people will then exit and leave after the cake is cut and then the partiers can keep going. And that is it for the formalities. And then that's usually about it for me. And, and again, unless you're leaving in a fancy car doing an exit, that usually tends to be about it. So in that scenario, that's about nine o'clock would be my guess. And people think they can book all of that in four hours. (laughs) That's a misunderstanding, my friends. Session over. That's where the conversation is. You know, like we talked about, it's, you know, what are you looking for, for your wedding? Do you want those things? If you don't, then you might just want ceremony and all that. But 99% of the time, like, oh yeah, I, I wanted some of those photos too oh yeah, I I needed some of that. And yeah, I want pictures of people dancing and having a good time. I will say I don't generally stay till the end because my pictures tend to look the same. I should tell people with redder faces and fewer clothes as the drinks really start flowing. I don't think, I don't think that's really necessary, but we can. And and if I can jump in here too, I want to make, even wrote down a note, bridal consultant. If you can do one and you have a good one, it is a huge help and a, a huge help to me it's huge help to everybody knows what they're doing because now you put this team together. The bridal consultant can go back and talk to the chef about when dinner's coming out. Just a lot of different variables. And the one thing about reception that it needs to be flexible. If people are partying and having a great time, you don't want to kill it. No, right, right, right. And on the other hand, if it's going really slow, like, hey, should we cut the cake a little bit early? I mean, we don't want to torture these people. <laughs> you know, I've seen it happen. So that's where a bridal consultant can really work with the team to do that. So I wanted to give my plug to all the amazing bridal consultants out there because it's underappreciated and it's unfortunate because they do such great work. And, you know, by the way, how do all your gifts get to the car? Where's the gift table and how does all that happen? And bridal consultants do that. They're making sure the food's coming out on time. Make sure the florals are there before, you know, even at the ceremony, if you have the florals and just need to be there, that they're making sure that they're there. So 
there's my plug to the uh, bridal consultants of the world because <laughs> they make my job so much easier. Yeah, they're probably very happy with you right now. <laughs> wow, that is okay. So I'm going to recap all of this so everyone can grab their pen and paper. I'm already thinking about how I'm going to have to replay this episode probably two times. <laughs> not like I'm not going to talk to you beforehand and we're going to do my own timeline, but just because there's so much to think about. So again, this is a this is a day with one location. You know, I mean, my my wedding has two locations. So already, luckily, my reception everything is in the same place for my reception. Super, super, super easy. But my ceremony is going to be a different spot. So like that gets complicated, but this is a day with, with one location, the reception and the, the ceremony at the same spot. And it starts at four. The ceremony's at four. So your tips are working backwards from the ceremony because that's really kind of what everything is based around. So with a four o'clock start time for the ceremony, we have 1230 would be when you arrive. That means hair and makeup for the bride and the bridal party need to be 95% complete. So base your hair and makeup appointments kind of around that start time. And everyone should be dressed, ready to go. And at least their their bridal attire, their, their robes or whatever. But you recommend being in their gowns for when the bride gets dressed in her gown. You will take detail shots. That rolls into... And you'll take all the shots. You'll take all the bridal prep shots and mom and bridesmaids, all that. 2 p.m. is when you recommend the first look. And you'll do all the photos, the first look, bride and groom and wedding party photos. And then factor in that travel time to the ceremony after that. So then that has arrival around 3, 3.30 in that time for you to take photos of the ceremony location and give some of that wiggle room back to the bride and groom to prepare for the ceremony. 4 to 4.30 is the ceremony. And again, you're taking detail shots. You're also taking ceremony shots. And then that rolls right into family portraits up at the altar after the ceremony. Make sure you have a list prior to of absolutely everyone you want to make sure is covered aunts, uncles, brothers, who you don't want in photos, that sort of thing. So that way your photographer knows who is, should be documented up at the altar. And then that rolls straight into cocktail hour. So your second shooter hopefully can cover that cocktail hour. Your primary photographer will be covering the bride and groom portraits again, a little bit more wiggle room to get creative, that sort of thing. And then you have a start time for the reception I have here 515 is when the bridal party kind of like can sit for a minute and relax and you go get shots of the reception and then announce the bridal party at 545. And that's when the bride and groom walks in and they do their first dance right away. That's what you recommend. And I kind of think that sets the tone as well because you're technically not really supposed to open the dance floor until the bride and groom dance. So you walk in, you have your moment, you dance, and then the, the floor is open after that. And then that rolls right into dinner and 6.45. So we have six o'clock dinner and have about an hour-ish. I put here about a 6.45 start time-ish for toasts, depending on how many you have. I know for me, I have at least three that will be happening. So I'd probably do it at the tail end of dinner. Don't forget that this, it's the same staff that does all that work. They got to bring plates, they got to clear plates, and now they have to they have to pour champagne as well. So um, we're getting really into the weeds here in specific, but just remember that they're working hard to make sure everything is done in an hour and that those, that those uh, champagne glasses are ready to be toasted. Right. Awesome. So toasts, and then that goes, goes right into the family dances. And then right after family dances, um, you open the floor 
you know, around 7.20 to everyone. And then you recommended doing a cake cutting around 8.30 or, you know, whenever it fits right for the party. If people are having a ton of fun, then, you know, don't take a moment to do the the cake cutting because it would be weird and kind of kill the party. But you have to be careful of what the timeline is for the videographer and the photographer. Like me, I'm like, if you need an extra few minutes near the end of the day, I'm not going to get on you for that. But some photographers and some videographers are like, if my timeline says 830, I'm out of here. I'm leaving at 830. So again, that's where the bridal consultant can come in and kind of help that. So it's being aware of your vendors and being appreciative of them and their time as well. I've seen both like the bride and groom kind of do it off to the side and it'd be really private and they just do the cake cutting and because the party's going on and they're not going to ruin the party. And it's really more intimate with just the photographer and their parents and a couple friends and they cut the cake and they share the cake and that's great. I've also seen, you know, where the whole party's around them and they're doing the cake and it's a whole big hoopla. So kind of just depends, you know, on the moment. I think it depends too if they're going to do any events after, like you just may do a cake cutting and none of the other stuff then you certainly could go sneak over and just do a cake while everybody's just still partying over there. And that's it. <laughs> There's no garter bouquet or anniversary dancer or any of that or whatever it might be that you're doing. Yeah, exactly. So I absolutely love this brand. This was therapeutic for me. Hopefully it helps other people as well. Yeah. Can I bring up one more thing? So now that you see everything that the vendors go through, especially a photographer, because you're talking from what, to what, 12 to nine-ish, don't forget to feed your vendors. I've actually already just factored all my vendors into my headcount for the wedding because people don't think about it. The good part is you don't have to give us a table. Generally, there's a spot either by the cocktail area. And to be honest, I prefer just to step away for 10, 15 minutes to go do that. And the other thing too is don't feed the vendors too late. That's another huge tip. A lot of a lot of places will say, well, the vendors can eat when everybody else is done. I'm like, well, that doesn't work for me because when they're done, I've got dances. Now I've got dancing. I've got events to go cover. So if I can be one of the first, not the first or whatever, but if I can be an early one to eat really quick, then that's certainly ideal. Because if it's at the end, I'm just not going to be able to eat. So we appreciate that. Definitely has helped being on both sides. Well, I think we've covered a lot of misunderstandings here. There's, I mean, so many people who haven't done this before. I'd say most people haven't done this before. Some people have, but they choose not to do a big wedding again. So this is this is kind of uncharted territory for a lot of people. And it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot for me. And I've been in the wedding industry before. And I've been able to follow you and go to weddings of all kinds. Even so, doing it on my end, I'm like, whoa, like, you know, a lot to factor in, a lot of people, a lot of moments, a lot of things you want to do, but there's only so much time in the day. So you got to figure that part out too. But I think this will definitely help. Any parting words for our brides-to-be brand? I do have one and I'm glad you asked me. You don't have to stress about this. You give me the info and I'll put it into a timeline. Everybody listening out there doesn't oh, like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do all that? No, you let your photographer say, hey, this is my ceremony time and these are the things I'd like. And I'll be happy to put a timeline together for you and, you know, check, help check that off your list. I love that. Well, in general too, reach out to Brant. Brant will have <laughs> there's a lot of questions. You can find him on Instagram at Brant Bender Photography and uh, your website is brantbender.com and and it's brand new. It's brand new as well and I'm I'm teaching photography now too out of there. I'm one-on-one classes if you want that whether it be Zoom or in person. So I am it's called a BBU, Brant Bender U, right there. 
Wow. Okay. Well, I will include all of that stuff in the show notes, but thank you so much, Brent, again, for sharing all of your info and wisdom. I appreciate it. I think all of the brides to be and beyond are going to appreciate it. Thank you. You're amazing. I'll see you at your engagement session. Yay. (laughs) Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of misunderstood podcast. I love hearing from you guys. And I want you to take a screenshot of this episode, tag at misunderstood.podcast on Instagram and share a takeaway from today's episode. Something you loved, something you wanted more of, whatever it is, it helps me learn what you guys want to hear. Please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify. I want to give a special shout out to my friends at Hatch for producing this episode. If you are looking to launch a podcast or if you already have one, you can get unlimited podcast editing by visiting usehatch.fm. That's usehatch.fm. Thanks so much, guys. Until next week, this is your misunderstood Kelly Hall.